0: Shushbox Podcast, a safe space for self expression, healing, and empowerment.
1: Brought to you by chani Ra, writer and artist, self love
0: and embodiment coach, Jacqueline Michelle, and Sunita, founder of Shushbox, the wellness platform supporting survivors of sexual trauma.
1: beautiful listeners, Jacqueline Michelle here. In this week's podcast, Sunita and I delve into the topic of shifting the lens on spirituality with Reiki healer Kelly Chin from Elements of Play. We break down the constructs of religion and spirituality and discuss what it means for each of us to be deeply connected to the divine power within. We want to also add that our views are our own and relevant and unique to our own healing journeys. Thank you so much for tuning in and we
2: hope you enjoy. To start, uh, I would love to know a little bit more about you, Kelly. Okay, spirituality, okay, right? First thing, how do I get into it? What's my relationship with it? I guess we're all spirits, right? We're all born to be spiritual, but then I think as you get older, a little bit like Peter Pan, you lose the magic, right? You lose your innocence and within that innocence that's your your relationship with god or the universe the maker crow whatever you want to call it we lose it right normality kicks in real life kicks in and our our imagination it wavers i guess when i was younger i looking back now i used to see when i was going to sleep like shadows dancing on the wall maybe there were spirits i'm not sure i used to see auras a lot of colors i remember and as i got older i just forgot about it and close the door on it because it kind of sort of scared me I would say spirituality so I didn't want to like think about it and my reckoning I think looking back now I had so many what was meant to be my awakenings and I kept ignoring the signals unfortunately and what happens with spirituality right the more you ignore it the louder and bigger it comes until one day you get like a massive shock to the system right so lots of little things happened to me and I think my mother's my mother's passing away was one of them, but still wasn't 100% convinced. I actually turned my back more away from spirituality. Then I had my heart broken and I, all sorts of little things, lost my job. And then one day, everything just came to a head and I had a massive like panic attack. And um, and then that's when my awakening basically happened. And this whatever this calling was, it was calling me. Before I knew it, before I knew what I was doing back in twenty. 19 I had this urge that I needed to do something I didn't know what it was and I just googled Reiki I had no idea what it was I don't know why I typed Reiki in and I thought while I was typing in I was actually going to go perhaps go for a healing session but I suddenly randomly booked myself in um, a course to become a Reiki practitioner which was news to me news to everybody else and I went to my first attunement and amazing, I mean, I'll talk about it later throughout the podcast, but amazing revelations happened there. And I knew this was my calling. And since then, I've just opened up to it a little bit more. So yeah, that's, I'll start from there. But that's, that's what happened to me. And this was back in 2019. And I had the urge that for some reason that I have to do it before 2020. And I didn't know why. And everybody in the course said we must do it before 2020. And then obviously the pandemic happened. And then it kind of sort of said, okay, something's happening. The world is like spinning fast and things are, revelations are coming. So yeah, it all makes sense now. So yeah, that's a little bit of me, of course. I would love to know a bit about more. You Sunita always always you're spiritual and, you know, yeah. <laughs> I would love to know your connection.
1: Yeah, uh, that was a beautiful story, by the way. Thank, Thank you, you for asking. I love when things just, rant, like, you just get called and you don't question it. And Ugh. you go for it and it's like, okay, this right, right. Intuition at its finest. I love it. So yeah, I started my spiritual journey, I would say in about 2015, 2016, I was completely disconnected from spirit. I had like this really angry relationship with God, really angry relationship with myself, but this really intense interest for the human mind and healing you know? And so I was going to school. I was uh, in the process of like wanting to become a psychologist and I was really into like criminal psychology and things like that. And I was uh, with a dance professor and she was like, come to a yoga class for extra credit. And at the time I was like lifting weights. I was like, yeah, I can take yoga. Like I'll get a couple extra points on my test. Like I'll go. And I went and it was, I mean, no exaggeration. It was like that first breath. And Uh it was like, my body has been waiting Uh years for this moment. And I mean, I got addicted to the practice. And to me, it was like, I would say my, my spiritual journey began with the physical more than the mind. Like it was like, oh my God, this is my body. And this is my, this is my home. And this is how I can tune into like what I'm storing and things of that nature. And then through yoga, I got into meditation and that was just a really, I don't know, that was just a really wild journey. And from there I got into sexuality. And I feel like my spiritual journey has been so deep into how deeply connected can I be to myself, knowing that this is the bridge to infinite intelligence, to unconditional love. Um, But it was kind of like the same thing. Like I did not plan. I really thought I was going to be apathetic towards life forever. I was like, okay, well, this is it. This is just how people live. And then I got on my yoga mat and I was like, oh no, there's so much love in the world. Like, Of course, through the process of love. I I think I also felt the complete opposite side of that spectrum of all the the pain, right? Like I think I thawed myself to really feeling everything. And some days it it gets sticky, but Mm -hmm. I always come back to, That's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of existence. And I believe that as spiritual beings, as energetic beings, we came into this physical vessel to experience, to get all these flavors and textures of life
0: and, you know,
1: in the most respectful way. Like it's, it's, um, I don't want to say a game, but an experience and we're just kind of just playing in the, in the whole
2: realm of things. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, all of us, even as you, Sunil, all, I think all of us come into it some awakening of some sort it's interesting though Jackie when you said beforehand like you felt um detachment before it was a reason for it because I guess it's so funny that everyone that's spiritual a lot of the people though they didn't want to be or they resisted it basically or they were like for example with me when my mum passed away I literally I mean I grew up Catholic right so I was forced to know about God before I learnt myself who God was. You know what I mean? You know when religion is forced upon you, you have no choice in it, right? So you grow up, I was told it's this way, it's that way, and that's it. And anything outside that is witchcraft evil demonic right so of course anything to do spirituality all this sort of things like as far as I was concerned if it was a part of God so it's evil right I mean that's what I was told so obviously when my mum passed away me loving God knowing God and pleading with him to live as soon as she passed away I literally like I don't know like yourself I literally detached from this idea of God and said well you don't exist I hate you I don't want to be part of this religion anymore I, I, I literally broke myself so far away from my religion it's absolutely crazy but then that's when the healing came in and I start to find spirituality helped me again, reconnect. So it's quite interesting. We all have similar, similar sort of um, things happen to us to get here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I have a a question for you that I'm curious about. How was that journey of reconstructing your relationship with God in, in what seems like two completely different ways, if you don't mind sharing.
2: Interesting question actually, because obviously I've got the God that I grew up with this idea male patriarchal fearing he killed people if you didn't listen to him he wasn't a loving god that's what i grew up on right so i feared him and in being in the catholic church i remember he's actually quite looking back it's actually quite quite traumatic because i went to catholic primary school and i went to catholic secondary school and looking back now it's so funny that all the memories i start to dig up during this conversation with, because maybe i may have suppressed them but I remember quite early on, and this is quite traumatic for a young person, where it's a Catholic girls' school. I went to a convent school, nuns' school. So... We lived and breathed that stuff every single day, right? And I remember we had um, a conversation with one of the nuns and it came to sexuality. And I'll get back to this later about sexuality and shame, right? But I'll start from here. Obviously, you're young females, right? And obviously, you're learning about yourself. You're learning about your body. And I guess we're growing into womanhood. Some people perhaps be maybe watching porn or maybe they be, you know, dare I say, perhaps touching themselves for the first time, find out what they like, right? And I remember they brought that up in one of the sex education about sexuality, masturbation was part of the core Catholic course. And they actually said, I kid you not in that, in that um, class, like if you did things that didn't had anything to do with procreation, sex was about procreation. That was it, nothing else. And if you use sex or touch yourself, whatever, you go to hell, straight to hell, because you're not doing what your God told you what your body's for. So I grew up thinking, oh my God, wow, I'm going to go like hell. And God is like, I'm evil and all this sort of stuff. So I just grew up in shame my religion made me shame myself my sexuality my urges and also I had a slightly separate sort of relationship from him being in the catholic church but then when I sort of shed all that and I lost that and then tapped into my spirituality and I found this whole other realm about who God really is and God is love there's actually no such thing as hell that's what is human construction God would never create such a place. I actually became closer to God and I realised I didn't need to the priest because don't forget in the Catholic Church, you go to get to the kings of heaven, so to speak, or to be forgiven, you have to go in the confession box and plead the priest. The priest has the power to absolve your sins and he would say 10 Hail Marys. So far as I was concerned, the priest was the gateway. But when I went through spirituality, I realised I am the gateway. Mm. My heart, my heart chakra is the gateway to God, and I started speaking to God directly as opposed to being on my knees and being like, "Dear Father, how are you?" Like being so sort of like formal with him. I actually saw him as a friend. He, she, whoever it was, became a friend to me and more loving. And that's when I realised I blossomed more and opened up as a human being. So it was interesting. I lost myself, but I gained more in spirituality. We've got a closer relationship than when I was in the church. That
1: was so beautiful. And I'm sure so many people can relate to that story. I hear, mm. I hear something very similar over and over and over again. And what you said really moved me. Like, I'm going to write it down after this podcast. Like, you are the gateway. Like, your heart is the gateway. Oh, that's so beautiful.
2: You are the gateway. I, You know, the Catholic Church, as you know, the history of the Catholic Church, I mean, it steeped women's power if you look at the popes and how they're elected and the bishops it's all about power right and obviously it was a a way to even manage poorer people if you look back in history in the catholic church the bible was all written in latin and that was done deliberately because poor people were illiterate and a lot of them didn't even know how to read english they learned latin so therefore you've got this idea of god and being holy and they made it very separate if the bible's Sort of in layman terms, the people they feel like they're part of it, one of it. But the Catholic Church deliberately separated that, so you have this elitism. And of course, the church wrongly knowing or not knowing, going to church, it will just practice week by week. So I just I went every week, but I felt empty. I felt absolutely empty in that in that pew. But then being spirituality and speaking to you guys and finding you guys and you you guys speak on my way to people like yourself. I feel so much more love. I feel like I felt found my tribe so it's interesting what you're bringing up spirituality and religion and what brings you closer to the idea of god when actually religion says that spirituality is actually the most furthest from god you can be but I actually feel closer to him so yeah it's interesting i think it's important to note
1: too that everybody can have different experiences and different relationships with god in the like you can still mend together spirituality and christianity or different types of sorry catholicism is what we're talking about um so that isn't to say that they have to be separate Right. It's just really beautiful to say like you really, we have that opportunity to, with anything that we're given in life that we're taught from our parents or taught from society. We always have that option to take a step back and say, actually, what do I think about X, Y, Z? And what is the relationship I want to have Absolutely. with it, whatever it is. And so I just, I always love hearing different people's experiences with how we connect to higher powers. Um, Cause it's always so unique. And absolutely. So dynamic
2: and, and you and, and it the-
1: all kind of gets us to the same same thing <laughs> just feeling immense love with ourselves and whatever else is out there
2: absolutely you touched a good point there should it be separate and you made a good point because in in my um when I was doing my Reiki um course there was a lady there and she was there and but she felt guilty because she was a practicing Catholic and of course the Reiki the Reiki and Catholic religion doesn't go I mean the Catholic people, or the priests, or the religion itself, doesn't recognise Reiki as anything to do with God or Jesus or healing. Because a lot of Reiki healers, they sort of say, "Well, Jesus was the first Reiki master because he used energy or chi or gods to heal people." Whereas the Catholic Church used to denounce it, and say, "No, that energy you're getting, did it come from God? It came from the devil, for example." So there's in the church, they they really are very dubious and sceptical about Reiki. And she was sitting there and. She's saying, you know, I feel really like I'm at war with myself because I love God. I love my faith. However, I know that there's a layer missing and it's something I don't feel like I'm connected to God, but I connect more from, through the power of healing and I'm doing it for the love of Jesus. How do I merge the two together? And the instructor said, look, that exactly. love is love. Reiki is love. So if this is the way you could express your faith, then so be it. And there shouldn't be any sort of um, rules on it. We can merge everything together. It's just, as you said, rules are put in place, when we should all be one. So I agree. And it's so interesting, the titles
1: that we give, because I know that there's people in, I know two friends of mine actually that were reared in mm-hmm. Christian communities and they, I, I don't know what the correct language is, but they would like touch somebody and the person would heal. What is that called? Miraculous healing? Yeah. Um, and things like that. And that's almost kind of like Reiki too. I, I know there's not touching, yeah. but it's kind of like the same thing of like this mystical, you're channeling something yes. that is, higher than you and yes. boom somebody's healed or you're helping somebody and it's really the same thing it's just a different title this is called Reiki this is called something else so it's right I, it, that was a little off subject but it's no, just a thought it's that came true. that it was like oh but we're doing it in different ways everybody's doing the same thing different titles
2: absolutely you're absolutely right so true
0: <laughs> <laughs> I to say, no that's re- it's really interesting hearing kind of like how you both got into the spirituality and the connection of Obviously, it was going to come up, religion and spirituality. But if I asked you now, what do you define as God? What would you actually say God is? I mean, I guess
2: this is just all by intuition. I guess some of it's influenced by what I read, but it's a lot about what I... I, Now, when I think of God, I don't go by what I know. I just go by what I feel because we don't know anything, right? No one does really I mean we can refer to things, the Bible, all sorts of things. But, you know, we're only using about like five three percent of my brain so that's telling you how much more there is out there to know what we don't know so I go by what I feel and I feel in my heart God is a being of course an energetic being it has no gender it's or it could be male or female and it shouldn't matter I mean they want to politicize that now right and but it's, this, it's love. It's this feeling of warmth and love. Love and God is a vibration. That's as best as I can put it. God is what connects us. We know when we say we're all interconnected as human beings, God is the connection between us. God is the thread, the common thread. And that's as best as I can describe it. Anything that's good is God. Anything that makes us feel good is God. It makes us warm. And it again, our heart chakras is open up to the highest power. I mean, and that's as best I can describe this energy. I have no other words for it. I don't think we would know. Our human brains cannot even imagine what this being is. It's too above us, but that's as best as I can describe it. And it's love. It isn't what I thought it was, where it's a jealous God, for example, and um, it will punish us for our sins and all these things that. Uh, man created to keep us in check right as a society because in order for society to work we have to have cohesion and how do you get cohesion that's to get everybody to act and think the same way otherwise there would it be a society right so I get why religion exists and it serves a purpose but God itself is just above all these things and it's not anything that we can even imagine. I mean for you Sunita as well what do you think um God is to you and obviously you've got your sort of cultural background as well and then you came into your spirituality also, I mean, we vibed the other day when we met, and I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I met a <laughs> Gemini." seen us, we was going crazy. We were <laughs> <laughs> star sign. We reacted the same. Spirituals, like I found my family.
0: <laughs> I mean, I was listening to how you were both explaining it earlier, and honestly, I don't know. I don't know how I found spirituality. I just know today I feel like a very spiritual person. Um, And I do think it was part of uh, my healing journey. As you know, when I was younger, I didn't really grow up with a religion. I didn't really understand. I think we spoke about this the other day. I didn't really know my heritage, my background. So I didn't really connect with any of that, to be honest. I was just in my own little world (laughs) all the time. And then um, it was when I, you know, started to do this inner healing work, started with psychotherapy and, you know, quit drinking, I just really went on this inward journey. And I just wanted to feel be- better, basically, I just really wanted to feel better. And I actually tried so many different, um, I just kept googling healing, healing practices, um, you know, things to make you feel better. And I went to so many different classes and events in London, you know, I tried yoga, meditation, Reiki, I actually did go to some kind of um spiritual event where um they were channeling somebody from Brazil, if I'm not oh. mistaken. We had to wear white, and the man threw some water on me. <laughs> I just <laughs> went I don't know what it was but I went. I was literally like submerging myself in all this spiritual stuff right, and then I started reading a lot of books, so yeah. uh, the Power of Now. The Untethered Soul, The Four Agreements, Um, The Secret was the first one but yeah actually through books I would say it started I just started opening up my mind slowly right with reading all these books and opening the mind and thinking a little bit differently and then about a year ago I started to work with a coach and that coach I'd say would help guide me into where I am now but the the real answer, the real secret, the real you know how did I get to connecting to source so going back to your point about God how I see God or how I would define God is source and source to me is the the general consciousness of being so the higher consciousness that we're all connected in um, I believe that we're all interconnected and nature being in nature has definitely um, opened my mind to that so working with a coach last year spending more time in nature reading all these books and then I would say there was a moment this summer where you know you read so many things it just all in, it all actually started to make sense there was one point um where I just literally saw everything as it was <laughs> I can't explain it I cannot explain it I was just like oh, time doesn't exist <laughs> I was like, time doesn't exist multi-dimension just like all these things at once and it was trippy really trippy to be honest
2: no I get exactly what you said (laughs) Um, no I get it I get it and we all have that like epiphany or like oh I you know what I mean like sometimes I have these weird feelings I guess I guess anyone you guys might have expressed too, where you could be doing something really mundane right and then you just sit there and go wait a minute, why am I doing this? What is the meaning of this? You feel how you have an out-of-body experience. You feel like you're here in this well, but you're not. And it's a very difficult feeling, that feeling, where you become more and more awakened. And I guess we all have that feeling as a child. I knew I had it as a young girl, being quite overly aware of things this actually becomes a burden like I remember being five and six and you know you can I could get adults or kids speaking to me and I can feel the weight of their energy whether they're sad or depressed and when I took it on that energy I didn't know what it was so I mimicked it and thought I was depressed then and sometimes I'll take on other people's energies as a child I remember this and I was actually quite depressed my mum said I was actually quite a moody inward child and I didn't know why and just being overly aware of everything and I knew I knew that everything I mean and I didn't understand why and it annoyed me and I'd ask my teachers questions you know teach a teacher class about God or time and I'll ask a question I thought i was just being problematic all I wanted to do is understand more but more than what the teacher was telling me and I just remember this sense of burden just this heaviness like I don't know why I'm here and I felt it's so weird because you I bring this up to people and they will look at like me I'm absolutely fucking crazy I'm telling you I'm not one person <laughs> i what the hell everybody just wants to talk about the latest like rap star or who's trending on like MTV back then, the box and I'm sitting there having like all these sort of like existing, ex- I can't even pronounce that word existential that's it, ex- <laughs> existential problems. I'll be sitting there like why are we doing this? what are we here for? what is the meaning of this? are we not wasting time? Why does no one look at the sky and, and appreciate the beauty, the stars? I and mean, I just felt I was alone. But yeah, being spiritual, being awakened is actually as well as a burden because you realise that you're here for a purpose. We all are, but light workers, you want to call it, are more so because we're more conscious at this time for a reason. But it actually becomes a burden when you're not quite sure where to start, what your reason is. And that's why it's good to, like yourself to need to, you have like maybe a mentor, a teacher, a coach to guide you. I think that's a great idea. And that's something I want to do too, like get someone to perhaps be my mentor, to guide me through this time. We all have these gifts, right? We all have this, but sometimes we just don't know what to, to do with it. So yeah. It's interesting. It's an interesting time right now, more than now than any other time.
1: <laughs> like we're so much more interconnected with like the internet, the internet. Like, I don't think right. I, I know that I would not have met you ladies if it wasn't for the internet and no. like the ability to like share all this information with people. Right. Uh,
0: but yeah. but Okay. So the title of this podcast is Shifting the Lens on Spirituality. So a lot of people will have a preconception of, you know, oh, what it means to be spiritual. Oh, and, God, you yeah. know, talking about social media, you know, you look at people on Instagram with the gram, like wearing like the, like the clothes and God, you know, yeah. doing all the staging. Um, how can we have visibility on true spirituality? Do you know what I mean? I feel like there's a lot of healers on Instagram, but are they really healers? Oh, you're right. And just to go to
2: that point, I guess this is, again, so this is why... I myself haven't made myself visible yet because I was having these sort of these problems. I was thinking, OK, I'm, I wanted to do Reiki. I love healing people. And I feel he, you could do healing for you and just the conversation we're having now. But I, you know, when I was quite new to it and not very confident in myself and my image and how I should perceive myself, I was like, I don't know how to, how do I show people I'm spiritual? Because, OK, if you sit there and put me into a box on what spirituality is, like you said, if I go online, I'll see all these women or gurus wearing like flowy white, robes and bloody jesus creepers or you know crocs or sandals and they got turbos all of a sudden they're all wearing caftans and it's so weird before they were just in a very common normal women or men wearing normal clothes but as soon as they become a light in the very common they start wearing big caftans and bees and things like that and that's great if that's what you are and who you are great but i'm not none of those things. I wear my Dr. Martins and sometimes I do wear like tight clothes to go out in club and I express my femininity um, and sexuality through wearing clothes I feel like define me and sometimes it doesn't fit into that box. So you're right, how do I, how do I appear spiritual? Then I realise it's nothing to do with how you look, right? It's being true to yourself. And being true to yourself is the most powerful thing you can ever do, right? And if it means wearing what you're wearing and having tattoos all over you and all that stuff and wearing whatever you want to wear, then that's that's power in itself. And I think, like, going back to what you said to me, I think the way we could dismantle this, what does spiritual le- look like? It's just more and more people need to be their authentic selves and not subscribe to this Ooh. idea. I and mean, you know what I've noticed about people? People love boxes, right? And they feel more comfortable to interact with you in a box and understand a nice little package box. And as soon as you blur the lines, they'll be like, oh, you're not spiritual enough because you don't wear this or you don't do this Mm. or you don't do that. A spiritual person is not meant to swear. A spiritual person is not meant to be angry, which is crap. A spiritual person is meant to pray and meditate every day by sitting there quietly. And I struggle with doing all those things. But I still class myself as spiritual because that is my, that's my way I convert with the universe or the higher being, you know? And it's interesting. What is spirituality? and What does it look like?
1: I really love that. One thing that I've been kind of playing with is like no longer saying that I'm on a spiritual journey. Cause to me, it sounds uh, outside of, I, I don't know. I really don't know the language, but mm. I've been starting to say like, I'm on this path of self-actualization mm. and that's what a spiritual journey really is. It's not yeah. how to like, I feel like it's something that has gotten trendy with like the crystals and the meditation and the yoga poses. But in reality, it's like, how inwards can you get and not in the cliche version, but can you really something that you said earlier that I wanted to touch on at the very beginning of this conversation as we become adults? we begin to kind of get rid of these ways that we connect to energies and emotions and creativity and our imagination. And it's not like it's not that these things leave us. It's that as we get older, we like more blockages, more layers, more egos, more shells end up coming onto our core essence. And To me, what the spiritual journey or the self-actualization journey really is, is how can I begin to get rid of all these identifications that I thought were me that are really protecting, protecting or trying to make me feel like accepted and things of that nature. And Mm -hmm. I mean... I feel like anybody will tell you, like, sometimes it gets sticky. Like you're going to go through the thick of it, noticing all the different ways in which you have abandoned yourself or all the different ways in which you have disrespected your boundaries or all the different ways that you've done the most for attention. And, you know, and that's totally normal that, and I think there's people that have been on this spiritual journey for 20 plus years that still get triggered and still kind of do X, Y, Z, you know? And to me, like, I think the grounded version of spirituality is, how can I come back, not come back home to myself, realize that I'm already home yeah. and get rid of this furniture that doesn't even match the interior of yeah. what this home
2: looks like, you know? Absolutely. And and that's the fear as well, because it's so funny, right? You People tend to go, they're drawn to spirituality because they want to go away from sort of the old quasi-so rules, right? But then you sometimes go to another matrix within the matrix and then spiritually become more rules right and you know and it's so weird because even with myself I'm I'm the most cynical spiritual person there ever is and I know that doesn't make any sense but I just you know I'm in it we're all in it together but there's certain things and practices and things I don't and I can't relate to and that's okay like in the beginning and when I started speaking to different people I won't name any names of course but there was one person I met during the journey and things like that. And I felt she looked down on me. This was a spiritual person. This was somebody who was a tarot reader. They said that they had the gift from a child. They did their Reiki master and all these things. Right, We were just having a conversation. And I told her about my journey, how I wanted to go into Reiki. And she was like, oh. And I was like, Yeah, and she goes and then she sort of looked a bit miffed, because it's just funny how it seems like it's a trend and all of a sudden people who weren't born with a gift per se wanting to become like coaches and instructors for other people, whereby there's there's a sacred hierarchy to this thing and if you know, if you're not chosen by the spirits, then you can't be the instruct teach people along this way. And I was like to I sort of well I didn't look at it that way. I thought we were all one in this together. It's just that a lot of us don't realise our power, to be fair. But maybe you've come along and realised it quicker than somebody else, which is awesome for you. But we all become conscious being at different parts of our life. And sometimes the one who's gone through the most is the best teachers ever. The one who had a hard life, who perhaps didn't know who their power was right and should tell him all these things and that's when I became a bit disillusioned with the whole spirituality thing like wow damn like there's a whole other like myriad of like rules in this and that kind of put me off at first as well because I was told that if I don't know my uh, quartz crystal from my rose quartz what it does then you're not really typical spiritual person and I and that held me back at first because I was like crap like I don't know these things I don't remember when the moon is a full moon or what phase and Mercury retrograde I don't remember all this stuff right is it amazing to learn it I don't know everything we can't right and that made me feel oh wow I'm not in a very real spiritual person but then I realized that's all bull. I mean spirituality is like pick and mix you pick parts of it for yourself as your own personal journey no one can tell you otherwise and once I start learning I need to stop looking seeking validation even within the spiritual community of how spiritual I was or whatever or or am I authentic that's when I gain more power because even within the spiritual world I used to panic after my course and email my Reiki teacher and I'd be like what am I doing? Am I doing it right? Or um, I don't think I'm meditating properly or I don't I don't think I can do that. And she said, Kelly, the power is your stuff, stop and bless her. She said, just to make me like start my journey, stop coming to me asking question for questions. The power and the answers within yourself. I cannot tell you your journey. Your journey the way you did it's gonna be different from mine. And I thank you so much for that because that stopped making me look up to these gurus right and it's so funny from going from leaving the catholic church to going to the spiritual world i thought oh my god they're gurus they're they better than me they know the way the way they dress the way they look and how they act is the right way and it's not again you got to be careful in everything you do making sure you remember yourself and your own power
0: for me and listening to what you're both saying spirituality is just coming back to the self and realizing you right. are the universe <laughs> you know you're creating your own reality so it's just keeping it 100 with yourself literally that's what spirituality is it's there's a lot of things um, externally in the matrix however you want to call it that are going to be there to you know make us feel separated make us feel less connected to ourselves all these things that you're mentioning yeah not knowing enough information I mean that's all driven by the ego so spirituality as well how I see it is dissolving of the ego which for me has been difficult that you know everybody has an ego it's part of us we've grown up with it. we've conditioned into was um but as soon as you start to dissolve and let that go you realize you just get into a flow it's difficult Um, because obviously you know the world that we live in you can feel really spiritual connected to yourself one day and then you you know you're in an office or the buildings and stuff and you forget you forget so sometimes um for me anyway getting reconnecting is just sitting on the bench or just really I have to be in nature that's when I realize that oh yeah this is life (laughs)
1: we got really, really woo woo. And I feel like we kind of grounded it a little bit. One thing that I did want to ask was uh, you said heart chakra twice. I'm like, that's how you connect to God. And I would love for us to ground heart chakra and maybe putting it as simple as like, you literally feel your heart open or you feel your heart break. Like we're, we're more connected to our bodies than we think we are. Cause I know a lot of people are like, Oh, I'm not an embodied person or, you know, I'm not in tune with myself, but you know, when you're hungry, you know, when you're thirsty, you know, when you got in trouble and you're about to get yelled at by your parents, you know, when you see the person that you love and your heart opens. So it's like your body's constantly communicating with you. And we think, I think perhaps some of, some of us think of our relationship uh, of feeling the relationship with God as this big mystical thing, but we we probably feel it more times than we think like in the times that weren't complete peace or at the times when our, I mean, I've, I've, felt got an immense heartache before of like, Oh my God, that really, really hurt. But I know that I needed to hear this information, you know? So perhaps we can kind of ground.
2: Cause heart chakra, you're right. So a lot of people that is woo woo. I mean, it was woo woo to me as, at first. And even sometimes I'm still trying to get to terms with the word chakra is what it means. And your heart is the only point in your body where instead of it Going inwards, it goes outwards. It's, it's the it's the part that you feel and also you give. Mm. And it's a gateway. So I look at it as your heart chakra, or another word, like just to say it's as love. Said, it's love.
0: Yeah.
2: It's a feeling of oneness with yourself and for somebody else. Completeness, you know. And also um, not to deviate so much, but going back to what we were saying about spirituality and all the layers and things like that, and um, just love- one thing in spirituality where I'm not with or I think I'm realizing now is not all about heart chakras and kumbaya and, and like love and peace right because that's just the surface stuff as we all know that's Ooh. just the, the, the stuff the aestheticism it. right that's the goop stuff that's what that's what Gwyneth Paltrow pushes and that's great I mean that's great for people who perhaps don't want to go too deep because the deeper you go it's actually quite it gets ugly before it gets better right
0: Mm. when you're trying
2: to heal yourself right but spirituality really truly is literally looking at your shadow self the ugly parts of yourself that you hide from yourself and the world and really looking at it and getting that shadow self to help you understand and give you the answer. The shadow self is not to be feared. I used to fear it for a very long time. I saw it as this sticky energy that I want nothing to do with. And I used to run from it, but I realised I had to go into the shadow self, my shadow self, face all the bits that made me who I was, who made me fear myself or doubt myself. And why do I have like attachment issues in relationships? And why do I always go for men that perhaps don't return, um, um, my love or affection why do I always get drawn to those what is it the, you know why do I keep putting myself in the same repetitive situations and I have to go really deep and dark into my shadow stuff and really look at it and embrace it as opposed to shunning it and that's when I start mm-hmm. to overcome a lot of things and I think with spirituality if we're going to talk about spirituality or people on Instagram they need to they have a responsibility to tell people what it really is. Spirituality is embracing the dark side of yourself to be a better person. And there's no way you can heal without that, you know? So you're right. It is about cutting through some of the the woo-woo stuff and just being real. And spirituality is as good as or could work in par with um, therapy, like psychotherapy. When people see uh, psychologists, like, I learned a lot, you know, going on YouTube and just... I used to just play tarot reading, not even just to learn about my future, because I don't really see it that way, but just to pick up some of the lingo and pick up some of the t- terminologies about mm. the self and about who I am and why we're here. And I learned a lot, and actually a lot of it is quite healing, Um, to be fair. So, yeah, I think spirituality has a place in the world, and it should be working alongside the medicine fields as opposed to against it. Yeah.
0: I was literally it. just going to say that because how it worked. So things with tarot, I've always been into astrology. I've always loved star signs. We all know I love star signs. <laughs> I've loved star signs. I've loved tarot reading, you know, since since as long as I can remember. But when I, so obviously we're a platform dedicated to to helping survivors of sexual trauma. Yeah. Um, with my personal experience, I started with psychotherapy, right? As Because that was what I thought was the way to go, to go there try and see what was going on with me and, you know, start to peel back the layers. I then went further with the spiritual journey in partnership with doing psychotherapy and how I feel um, the spirituality side of it. Everything It was like everything that was being explained in therapy felt more integrated with spirituality. So like the wording, the feelings, the emotion, it, it didn't all come to a... Head and connect until I really connected it with the spirituality side of things. So I understood everything in, in therapy, but I really felt everything with spirituality. I really understood that shadow. So, you know, when you're in therapy, there's a lot of people who are running away, like you said, from the trauma and, you know, having to face it and talk about it and get there. But that is the same as, like you say, finding your shadow and understanding what shadow work is. It's basically going to those dark parts of you. But if we talk about it in a spiritual sense, it's those it's those low frequencies. Everything's energy. It's those frequencies that are hanging on to your energetic field that are pulling you down, pulling you down because you you've let them. They've been there. Um, they've got away with it, kind of thing in your in, in your field.
2: And the lowest vibration is shame and guilt. Obviously, on the human spectrum, it's yeah. like the lowest. Yeah. And a lot of us carry this burden of shame and guilt and. We have no one to tell us sometimes it's okay, it's fine. And we just get people to add to it saying so it's shameful to do this or shame to act that way or feel guilty for things and we and sometimes we burn us on guilt that's not even ours. We carry the guilt of our parents or their traumas and what they went through, and we take on. You know, children are so dynamic, and children are, like like play doh. They pick up a lot. That's why they say, even spiritual terms or even the Bible, they say, say, look at a child to know what it is like to um, to be the children of God, because children are so innocent and it's their blank canvas. When we talk about innocence it 's just being purity of the world, they're looking at the world with newness. There's no traumas or like what you said, Jacqueline, earlier, labels put onto your perceptions of other people are not sticking. We just we don't see the world like that. We don't even understand what it's like for some type of perception of us. We just play innocently. Then we add all these layers to us and then shame comes in and guilt mm. and all these other things that become more and more sticky and yeah it's it's just interesting spirituality does help us grow through that and i think therapy has its place too and i just feel like if they both of these feel try to work together which apparently they are so interestingly in the nhs and in the uk they've been trialing for a while like reiki healing in the hospitals or people who are dying and they realize it's actually having they've actually tested it clinically and realized actually helping the people go through pain better and they're wondering now if there is a place of perhaps combining spirituality with like medicine and they're now looking at it, slowly be more open to it. Whereas before it was like, no, they can't work together. It I is, think it's food.
0: because spirituality, maybe in the past, people think of spirituality with religion. And like we've just explained earlier, it's actually not. So spirituality and science can coexist, but I think the, the messiness of it all has been with the insertion of religion and that has kind of made people be like, whoa, 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 I'm not touching this.
2: <laughs> and if you look at spirituality, if, someone, okay, if there was a person sitting on our panel right now who was very sort of, you know, logical to the point, this is all woo-woo, this is all bullshit, whatever. If you want to really get deep into spirituality and how scientific it is, you've got people, obviously you've got quantum science and you've got people who studied electromagnetic fields in space. And also it's been proven that we as human beings our electromagnetic beings and we emit frequency, right? These are all proven. Okay, so let's take the spirituality out of it. Let's, If you want to be science, let's be science. Quantum theory, um, the Faraday fields, particles of light, how it travels, or how atoms interact with each other through these gravitational fields is real. And if you put a spirituality layer of it, Reiki your energy is all fields. They work in the same way. So I think... Some for some people, the best way for them to understand spiritually more is to realise a lot of it can be scientifically key, proven. But maybe changing the language and stripping away, like what you said, Jack, and earlier, more grounding language, and get these people who are narrow-minded to think more. Actually, we are all the one in the same. We're saying the same things, but just different schools of thoughts. Mm-hmm. Shamanism, for example, back in the day, just, um, the first shamanism were we well, all sh- We were all sh- shamans back in the day, before anything. We need nature. That was our first thing. That was our first realisation of a God. That was it. So before we had all the science and stuff, there was just nature and there was just this thing where spirits gave us our power or we spoke to the plants and we would say things that the plants are the one that gave us the healing. But now- <laughs> This is me what,
0: now. That's me. Literally right. and, lockdown. Now, <laughs> and now
2: that's such a secular thing. Now it's been taken over by, well, um, the pharmacist who studies medicine, who studies the atoms or studies the chemistry and what how it interacts with the human body. But when you break all that stuff down- It's still shameless, it's still plant medicine at the end of the day. So we're all talking the same language, but we're just not talking, we're not coherent with each other. It's just break down that separatism, really.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's so much more union between all, the, all these things than, than we really think. And it's so funny that certain language, I'm sure I do it too. Like I get turned off by certain language and I'm like, oh, you said this word. Now I don't, I don't want to listen. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. But for, I just want to throw out a name really quickly for some of our listeners that do need more logic or science to tune into healing through meditation and breath work and kundalini energy. Joe Dispenza is a really phenomenal yeah. teacher. I don't know if y'all are familiar with him, oh, but yeah. I'm just going to throw his name out there for some people who need something a little bit more science
2: yeah no that's a great example because I read his book recently It's becoming how to be supernatural becoming supernatural Um, and that book was really powerful and he actually merged my because I'm I'm quite a sciencey person as well I love science I love physics as well I learned at school when I got spirituality but he's one of the first people I think to combine the two together And when he talks about heart chakra like you said a lot of people don't know what that means he actually studied it and tested it in a lab of the heart chakra and what it does to the human body like connect electromagnetic neurons to the brain and when people meditated with their heart what the effect it had on the body because people as you said earlier I think both of you said it we all walk around thinking there's our body there's our soul and there's our mind it's all separate when it's not it's all the same whatever we think we feel in our body and he proved it so yes he's a great example Yeah, he's really dope. Uh, I'm going to backtrack a little
1: bit because this is something that I really wanted to say when we got into the conversation of shadow work and spirituality. I'm going to say, like, this cheesy little poetic thing of like, there can't be a shadow without light. So I know for me in my spiritual journey, like, I went through such a deep portal of shadow work, shadow work, shadow work. And I constantly need to fix something, and there's something wrong with me, or all these extra layers that are keeping me from myself. And I just kind of want to, like, to whoever may need to hear this, like, Shadow work is so important, but don't forget that the shadow work is there to help you remember the light that wow. you are. It's not Absolutely. just going through the thick of it. And I just, I know we kind of left that, but I just wanted to add that little oh. quick tip of we're, we're essentially light, you know, Absolutely. Um, we're okay. essentially love and we do the shadow work to get back to that.
2: No, you're so right. And you, and you touched a good point in spirituality because um, they don't believe in duality. Like a lot of people who touch the surface past spirituality they say light and dark good and bad but they're not separate spectrum of the one and the same and yin and yang hence why you see that symbol the yin and yang symbol they're so they're so powerful because you can see one cannot exist without the other there could be no light if there was no darkness See, exactly. there is no good or there's no bad it's just absolutely. an experience absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely there cannot be something without nothing you know the reason why earth exists and where all these heavenly bodies float in space, because there's a space of nothingness to support it without that space of nothingness, the something could not exist and construct and form a shape, which is really a a weird way of thinking about things, but everything has its balance. Everything has its its, its place. So you're right. Shadow work is the same. It's all good. You keep working yourself and like, I need to fix things and all this stuff, but then you have to breathe and take a moment to appreciate the work you've done, pause from it, yeah, get away from, move away from it. Have your fun and light, and then come back to as and when needed. As you said, it's only meant to be there for a reminder. But some people become again addicted. Yeah, addicted
1: especially when we've been so used to. So I started therapy at six. From, from wow. six to fourteen, I was in therapy. Wow. And whenever I started like my spiritual journey, like there was such a thick rut of okay, I, shadow work, shadow work, shadow work, until it finally hit me like, oh, I've been been I've been told by society and by therapists that there's something that I need to fix. So now I'm re-traumatizing myself by staying in shadow work. And of course, you're going to re-enter shadow work in different times of your life because so many different layers are going to be added on. And then on top of that, for me personally, like I've done shadow work and then entered the light work for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. And then through what I've experienced in here, I I gained so much safety and so much trust in the relationship with myself and have grounded my central nervous system enough that, okay, now my subconscious can bring up this deeper layer of having to, okay, now, now you handled that beautiful. Let's give you this extra little layer versus kind of throwing everything at you at once. So there really is this layer of healing and of self-actualization of, Different pockets, and it could be happening at the same time. I feel like for me right now, I'm like so in love, but so depressed in life. And I'm like, oh my God, all these emotions that's gonna happen, you know, infinitely. So I know we already said this, but it really is just feeling all of that self actualization and holding space for the good and the bad objectively no, you're without wrong. this attachment.
0: Mm, Absolutely. About the attachment. That's it. It's the allowing them allowing these feelings to come up and realising their feelings are not you. You are you are the <laughs> Yeah, the thing. We are like, the, the, having... the thing. you're the thing. You're the, thing. You're, the thing. you're the being. You're the being behind it all. So all of these things that are coming in, their experiences. They don't define you. Absolutely. And, you know, it's good to take
2: a break from it. Well, again, it, can, mm-hmm. it comes with a lot of responsibility and you, you, what you said is right. When you sometimes do a lot of shadow work or even therapy, you have a sense of every day, oh my God, I have to be a better person. And that in itself can be dangerous too. There's always a danger of, anything when the pendulum swings too far one way or the other and about being balanced and grounded because I'm telling you you can I think we're addictive creatures at nature at nature right even trying to be a better person could be addictive and just chasing that and like I'm broken I need to be healed and what do I do and you and sometimes you're doing all these things that are performative but you're still not really doing the work you're just doing everything you think will make you feel better and it's a distraction Mm. more than sometimes you just need to sit your ass down and literally do nothing and literally just sit there and do nothing even if you have to watch crap tv all weekend as long as you're in the moment and you're doing you that's how I see meditation so I got so hung up about meditating the right way when people said they have these sort of transcendental experiences right and sometimes I do and most times I don't and sometimes I struggle to turn off and that's when I, I just gave it up and said you know what I think for me, meditation is just being in the moment, whatever you love to do. And I let go of this idea of, oh my God, I'm not doing it properly. I got so hung up on it. I actually thought I wasn't doing my my inner work properly. Now I realise it's taking a long bath and being put and playing music and being still, going to the gym, being in the zone, um, just being present. And that's me, my form of meditation. Everyone's different and we shouldn't get... So be up about it, really. So hung
1: up on these practices. There's this book that I read called The Supreme Understanding by Osho. And he said that we've developed through the ego, these practices to become spiritual yoga, meditation, breath work. But he says in reality, like a spiritual practice or uh, a lifestyle where you're connected to the divine within yourself Is living the life of meditation and not like I? I practiced yoga for many years, and I would take that hour of going to the yoga class. Of okay, I connected to my body, but the second I got in my car, I'm slumping and disassociating from my body and all this, that, and third. So it goes back. Like we keep circling it back to like self actualization, man. Like it's can you feel your body as often as you can throughout the day? Can you be conscientious of your mind throughout the day? Can you be in touch with your breath? And then. I don't even know now that we're getting deeper into it. But yeah, I, I feel like we I, I know I got super attached to yeah. yoga every single day, breath work every single day. This is gonna make me a spiritual person. And then I feel like for me this year, I was like, okay, let's do nothing for a second and see what happens. And I'm not gonna lie, it was a pickle. Like my ego was kicking and screaming. Like I haven't been on my yoga mat in three days, haven't meditated and god knows how Why? long. Like and it's just been a really interesting journey and it's so funny to tune into the different things that you're going to need at different versions of your life and then to let go of those again those identities of how you connect to yourself because it's always going to be different now i'm like i would say like a big form of meditation for me now is painting and i would have never in a million years would have thought of that as like a quote-unquote spiritual practice you know what i mean now i'm like okay cool now i'm just doing something that helps me connect
2: right but you know why now right it's because you're feeling more than trying to understand it. you're feeling it more you're you're listening to yourself and you're feeling what you need as opposed to, when you don't know something, you go to others, you turn to others for advice Mm. because we're insecure we're still not sure if this is the right way, same with me with spirituality, I was always kept going to people for advice and how should I be? Even when I became a Reiki practitioner, what's the best way to do the best practice so the person could leave again? Ego, they can leave my table feeling great about themselves, you know what I mean? Right? And it's not about this stuff, you're just feeling what you need. Like you said, now you know you don't have to go and meditate or do yoga, right? You could just paint and you feel great about yourself. And for myself and my journey, I was told in the beginning that the more way you become is the more you got to practice, do some rituals to safeguard your energy so people like energy vampires per se doesn't like you know sort of tamper your spirit and things like that so i for a long time got obsessed with that like obviously with reiki healing you're healing people and you do sometimes tend to pick up some of the stickiness and what they're going through in life and sometimes i'll sit there imagine i'm in a white light and do all this stuff but then i i still felt it wasn't i wasn't sure if that's what spirituality or being good am I doing good for that person if I feel like they're I get it you have to protect your energy for certain people right there's some people that they've got such a heavy energy that you just have to protect yourself otherwise you'll take it up but I'm trying to heal somebody but then am I blocking myself or not open up because we're all interconnected right am I blocking myself to give them the proper deeper healing they deserve because I'm afraid or fearing? for what people tell me that I'm going to pick something up from them and I listened to um, this very good sh- Shaman Durak I don't know if you've read it he re- wrote a book called Spirit Hacking a really good book for people who want to get into shamanism like the fundamentals of it and he said that if we're all interconnected beings we're all going to feel whatever we feel no regardless of what and when you're healing somebody you have to let go of all these thoughts of that you're going to pick up their bad energy and let it go and breathe it out and trust in the universe that the energy will do as it will and when I started thinking that way and not shutting myself off from the person. I felt myself and the person got more out of the experience. And that's me just listening to my intuition and realizing this is what I need to do for that person as opposed to listening to what other people said about being fearful and protecting yourself and all that stuff. Because then that's another layer I have to try and practice and another layer I have to add on to top of what I learned. And it sort of blocks you as well and doing what you want to do. So yeah, it's interesting just listening to what the heart and the body needs, you know? Yeah.
0: And it's so simple. It's like building trust, though, isn't it? Like both of you were just explaining there. There would have been a point, right? Where doing yoga every day—it's like you you were training yourself almost. It was new to you. Similar with you as well, Kelly, when you're speaking about—you know—you don't want to give all your energy away to start with. It's a new space. It's fearful. It's you're also on your healing journey. So I think when you're on your own healing journey integrating the spirituality for me there there was like a bit of a regiment to be honest (laughs) it was like right an hour of meditation every day I must do this every day but now you know I'm not at that point and it's uh yeah it's just finding those moments throughout the day that you can connect back to yourself or just clear the mind it's even if I'm in an office setup I keep talking about an office because I've been I'm literally in an office oh, all the time at the yeah, moment yeah, yeah, exactly. but you know I'm um, so even if I can just look at the sky you know that connects me just anything throughout the day that feels a connection back to the self or a calming oh, of the mind so I think at times like you say we'll feel like we need to do more of something less of something I think it's just about as we move forward on our spiritual journeys, just, you know, keeping all the things that we've learned along the way and just tapping into them here and there and not feeling so bad when you, for me, I like, I, I really want to do yoga again, but It's been so long, but I'm not, I'm trying not to beat myself up. I'm like, right, okay, I know it's there, the mat's still there, I still love it, it's still gonna be great when I do it. It doesn't make me any less that I've not been doing it. It's, you know, I've just been connecting in in other ways. You can connect in other ways, like you said, like this Mm -hmm. is a way of healing Uh or feeling connected. So there's so many different ways as we move forward.
2: And sometimes we've got to be honest with ourselves, even myself, we're not, sometimes we're not ready for a huge, major transformation. We're not ready for it because I realize as well, why is it, you know, sometimes I feel blocked as well. There's days when I wake up and I know I need to give my own self Reiki, and I, but I know what that calls for. I know how deep I have to get. And I'll wake up and go, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. And then I realize that um, somebody, a friend who said to me, I was telling him about my dilemma, like I want to start my practice like at professional a professional level one day, but I don't know, there's a block there. And she said, you know what it is? It's because although you see your destiny, you're not ready for it quite yet. Hence why you're not ready to do the transformative work. And that's still okay. Like, I'm not ready. There's perhaps other work I need to do to get there. So meditation, yoga, all these things are transformative. They bring great power. But sometimes as human beings, the ego, whatever you want to call it, is not ready to quite die yet. Our ego is there to protect ourselves. I mean, we need it. You know, when people say kill the ego through the soul, that's still not good because to be a human being, you need your ego to survive in this world. But it's just about balance. So it's listening to both what it needs and making sure you're just keeping that balance. So for me, my ego is saying I'm not ready to transform right now because there's so much more on a human level I need to learn and understand. Because I know as soon as I go down that rabbit hole, so to speak, it's gonna be so transformative, but there's something holding me back. So it's okay sometimes to feel like you're stuck or take a step back that's just your body or your higher self telling you there's something else you need to learn or pick up before you take the next step and it's still okay but as long as we're aware of it like you said you know the yoga mat today is not going away you remember every single day is conscious in your mind but then there's something there in that space or that sort of void that is something and more work needs to be done in some sort of field wherever in your mind or your body or soul to heal it's just calling you to do that so yeah it's just
0: connecting as you're going. Yeah. And it's, yeah, you know, we do, it's not like, do we, and oh, we've talked about this on another podcast. It's not like, do we get to a point where it's like, we wake up like, oh, I'm so spiritual, final vision. <laughs> Probably not. not. It's Sorry continuous. Not. All of these things that we talk about on many of the podcasts, you know, it's, this is life. This is our journey through life. So, you know, we're all going up, we're all going down, we're all taking the rides. And I think, you know, the more that you can just learn and find those things that help you connect, just connect to yourself and feel good. It's getting to those high vibration feelings as much as possible. Absolutely. Um, So, you know, that shadow will always be there. There'll always be events that will be dark. There'll be times when we do still feel fear. It's not like we're going to live our lives moving forward forever with no fear because... (laughs) You know, it just wouldn't work that way. Uh, Boring. We need, yeah, little, we need a little we need a little The universe is gonna keep showing. It's like when you get to how I see it anyway, how I interpret it, it's like when you move forward and you think, Oh, I've learned all these things, it's like the universe is like, but did you have you learned this part? Exactly. Or it's like, wait. You thought you got to this point. It's like, wait, there's another door on the other side. We've got to go in here now. So it's always expanding. It's always moving. It's always growing. There's always going to be something else. There's always going to be another energy. There's always going to be another incident that comes up. And they're all just lessons.
2: I mean, and I know we haven't got time on this podcast, but maybe the next talk, but I mean, like you said about spirituality, there's so many layers and so many doors and there's so many people out the spirituality is so deep. It could be it is really deep. And there's so many different beliefs and schools of beliefs. You've got people who believe they're from a different solar system and planet and tribes to voodoo, people who practice voodoo. And that's a form of shamanism. And there's so many different things and layers and, I cannot discredit anyone that feels that way because who knows what that's how they feel. That's what they felt. That's their connection. You can't take it away. So it's so interesting. There's so so many forms of spirituality and it's here for us. And it could be, it seems so out there, but then you have to think as yourself and say, if you can imagine it, it could be real. I guess. Yeah, This universe
1: is so giant. Like it would almost be silly to not, Think that that could be right. a possible thing.
2: Absolutely, and you could
0: say it's so deep, and you know there's so many different different ways to think about it. Or you could just say it's so simple. It's just coming back to the self. It's Absolutely. just being the self. <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's, so oh. it's so true.
2: Our human brain just keeps getting yeah. away. It's so true. It's so true.
0: Is there anything else, Kelly, that you want to? share before we end off the podcast how can people work with you or what's the plans moving forward well, moving
2: forward, like you said, I definitely want to go back into my um, spirituality and Reiki. Um, And I'm soon going to be next month. I want to set something up where I give people one on ones for free, like so they can try Reiki and see if it's for them. Um, so I'll give you more details about that, like 30 minutes for free. Um, I've got like a Reiki's mobile for me. I could go to the home or they can come to me. I just learned about what Reiki is. It's literally about your own energy using to heal yourself i'm not there to heal you i'm just here to sort of harness your own power and make sure it goes and flows in the area that's needed so yeah 100 um reiki is a beautiful thing It's energetically soft and powerful at the same time it can make you cry it can make you angry in the session it can make you feel at peace and it can make you fall asleep everybody reacts to it in different ways but each way is transformative so yes i'll definitely give you some more details Shushbox Podcast is brought to you by the team at
1: Shushbox. We are a wellness platform created by survivors for survivors. For more information, head to www.shushbox.com and check us out on Instagram at underscore shushbox.